There we go. That's perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, that's welcome perfect. to the Pals Podcast. <laughs> this is how we I'm your start. host, Zachary Friedman. <laughs> Pals in studio, take number one something. 37-ish, give it. 143? Is it actually episode 143? Well, by the time we release this, it might not be 143 to now. Oh, you did? Oh, okay, okay. Wow. I think Danielle needs a raise. <laughs> she doesn't get paid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pro bono. We got, we got no money. We got no well, the podcast is just getting going. She when told you, me she give me fifty percent of everything. <laughs> she's hoping for future earnings. <laughs> she's got. She's got. It. We're giving her options. Plus inflation. It's exactly. plus, yeah, yeah. We're like one forty-seven point five. Oh man. <laughs> Zach, man, good to have you on. Great to be here. We we talk every time at nightclubs and bars and pubs and everything. And pubs. I don't remember half the conversations. So this Ruby Soul is kind of like a semi-pub. Bar. Any place that serves beer and food, you can call kind of call it a pub. I think that's how it works. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I don't really. I'm <laughs> I just never heard someone say pub in Toronto. Like, I mean, unless you're going like the weed sheaf or something. But <laughs> you know, I did New Year's there once. How was that? Terrible. Like, I, you went or did a party? No, there? I went to. Who who goes? Who else goes? So to it was Avicii the year that Avicii got canceled. Okay. Oh. So while I was hiding from the world that night, we ended up at Weed Chief. Was it? What is it? Weed Chief or Sheaf? Sheaf. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up there. Bathurst, right? Yeah, Bathurst yeah. and King, right on the corner. And Alicia Cuthbert was sitting like. Three tables over from me. Is that like blonde girl next door? Yeah, she was. Oh. she's married yeah, to Dion Phaneuf. Yeah. I love her. I loved her too. Yeah. And I bought her and her friends around the shots. And she looked at me and just didn't even do anything. She just looked away. I was like, not even a thank you? Not even a cheers, eh? Not wow. even a cheers, nothing. And I had, a, I had a girlfriend at the time. I was with my girlfriend. It was like a, just Being a, a, a nice guy, friendly play, thing. Yeah. yeah, like, hey, popular mechanics for kids. What's up? Table next door. There you go. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, was, I was pissed. Disrespect. Much disrespect. Alicia Cuthbert, if you're listening... <laughs> That was rude. Definitely not. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure to send her a copy of the episode. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, honestly, we should send it to her. Send her a soundbite. Tag her in it. <laughs> Whose phone is that? Oh, it's mine. Oh. oh, God, I'm terrible. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. Anyways. She set that alarm. You just wanted to look popular. <laughs> Imagine. It's probably my mom. Oh, Derek's. F him. Uh, let's jump into it. Let's do it. Okay, Zach, I still till this day don't really know what you do. <laughs> Neither does my mom. Yeah, and we were just saying, like, and I've Googled it and I've read, and me and you have talked again drunkenly at bars and stuff. So, what do you do? Um, best way to describe it is investment bank for digital assets. So, um, what I'm trying to build with my business is like the JP Morgan for cryptocurrency. And the way I look at it, um, when I first started the business, was like, if a bank like Goldman Sachs or JP Morgan was built today in like the modern world, there's so many differences in technology and you know, the, the mechanics of the demographics, what services and products would they offer to cater to the, you know, emerging technology and like disruptive technology markets. And my thought process was like traditional kind of players would be very slow to innovate and the innovation would have to happen outside and would then be acquired. And that's kind of just like the thought process I had when I wanted to approach the industry. Um, I guess to go further, we, kind of offer like a full service, uh, you know, products and services to cater to traditional um, financial markets and capital markets. 
that like guides bridging the gap to digital assets. So what you would imagine like an FX brokerage, we provide a crypto brokerage, we help people go from Canadian dollars into Bitcoin or Ethereum and vice versa uh, for hedge oh, funds, yeah. for institutions. Um, you know, we also offer lending uh, for people that want to borrow against crypto as an asset instead of real estate. So you can kind of make the parallels. Um, and now the umbrella's kind of grown pretty extensively. That was how the business first started, where now we're offering, uh, we're taking some funds to market um, to cater to kind of investors. We've launched some public products. We launched a SPAC recently uh, on NASDAQ. Um, and we also offer kind of advisory and consulting services as well. Shit, so it's like a full, yeah. yeah, full service, like new age, like digital bank Pay. kind of like digital investment bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, uh, you know, I would say on the <laughs> like two, three year roadmap, we're really focused on covering all those verticals and continuing to expand. So trading, lending, derivatives, um, you know, advisory and consulting, and then kind of asset management, fund management. And strictly focused on like crypto specific, like, like. I'm a little bit naive to this. I know a little bit of it, but like strictly with like crypto in regards to that side, or like are you bridging the gap and actually offering in like the you know the the tangible world, if you will, I mean, rather than digital. We've been approached world, with with it. a lot of opportunities that like would resemble the traditional world, like M and A opportunities within crypto, but our our niche is like focused on digital assets. Got That's it. where our expertise is. Where from our understanding from like fundamentals from analysis from relationships from um you know understanding where people want to invest and deploy capital within our network um we just understand like the regulatory landscape so we can connect you to the partners you need if that is you know uh, a lawyer a regulator etc to kind of guide yeah, your yeah. process kind yeah. of that one-stop shop what I, um what i'm curious is like you said you have a bunch of different i guess verticals you're trying to integrate them all but who would be your target client or customer i would i don't know what you call it, consumer customer consumer pro whatever um user who would be your target like is it like small companies is it sole like you know average joes on the street who want to get into the game is it big corporations like what is yeah that? so um again like kind of to um rick's point earlier about like why it's complicated is because there's a lot under the umbrella like we have five different companies okay and those have been kind of put together through a series of mergers acquisitions partnerships um, with traditional players like we've built enough of a brand in the space that you know let's say you guys wanted to launch like the the easiest example if you guys want to launch a podcast around crypto like you have podcast expertise i have crypto expertise like we'd brand it the gda podcast like for us it's people want to launch a fund they might have an option strategy or they want to launch uh you know business they'll come in so with that being said like we kind of touch on um it's all accredited investors so i'd say like we don't touch retail but all forms of like large institutional cohorts. So family offices, hedge funds, um, you know, high net worth individuals, large medium enterprises uh, that transact in crypto, et cetera. Banks. Yes, you're not dealing with tens or hundreds of dollars. It's tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, and like the thesis is, <clears throat> is pretty simple of, of like how I first started. Cause like what we were talking about, you know, similar background to you when I was kind of leading growth and, and working in tech um, I, I kind of saw an opportunity. So, you know, backtrack to like 2015, 2016, I was like the company I was working for was acquired by WeWork, um, that I'd helped kind of grow and, and lead the growth there when, when I was traveling the States. And at the time, my thesis was pretty like, I, I'd kind of dove down the proverbial rabbit hole. Like I, I'd read the Bitcoin white paper. I had a lot of belief in 
the long tail narrative of like cryptocurrency is here to win. And I think that... And this was 2015, sorry? Like conviction grew See? over time, but like I first, <clears throat> I first yeah, got exposed okay. to it then. I was still young and didn't really like have... I was mostly educational. Um, but, you know, I kind of had the like aha moment where I was like, digital assets are a mainstay of, you know, the future of the financial and technological kind of world. Um, what that looks like today, I don't know. But in order for there to be adoption, like we're still too early, there's a few things that need to happen. And for me, the first thing that was most important is that there needs to be um, liquidity, which is why I started the brokerage. So liquidity in any like financial industry is kind of the lifeblood of that industry and something I like to to say when, when explaining this to people. So um, like without the on and off ramps to get money into the space, you can't have development because if capital can flow, then talent follows. Talent leads to development, which leads to kind of innovation and, and then adoption. Um, you know, it took a long time before the internet was usable by everyone on a day-to-day basis where they can trust it and use these applications. I see the parallels now. I mean, I, yeah. again, just like, I'm going to ask questions that are like more like for a, for a dummy because I am a dummy in this space, but I kind of see what you're saying. You're kind of, I guess, making the comparisons of like web one, moving over to web two and now three, Correct. which yeah. like more that adoption. I actually did want to ask um, like about that and where you maybe kind of think that the world is right now in terms of adoption and, you know, if you had a prediction on that stuff, not to hold you to it, but just mm-hmm. curious. Um, but before we like get to that part of it, um, if you want to touch on that more, like you said that, you know, you wanted to kind of dive into that spot that um, you wanted to kind of bring liquidity and kind of saw that aspect of it and wanted to dive into that. Like what led you to that? Is it just, was it because you're passionate about this kind of stuff? You thought there was an opportunity. Was it a big market, like a big gap? Yeah. Not filled? So, so it was a big gap. Like I, I had no financial background. I'm a university dropout. I've always been, where'd you go? Um, Western, right? Western. Yeah. 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 Nice. Same fraternity, buddy. <laughs> that's, that's cheers, what I was thinking. Cheers. I was thinking about, I'm like, George, I swear you know him from the front. You're, you're in you're Lambda Chi. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, George yeah. said no. And I'm like, okay, what, you, uh, what year were you in? I, I think I would have graduated in 2016. Okay, so what you're year younger year? than us. Congratulations. I was like, I, I, I'm born 95. We graduated in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I probably got there after you guys were out. That, yeah. I joined my first s- year. You guys weren't. I had no yeah. idea you were in Lambda Cuts. But like, cool. I knew your brother before yeah. you from kind of alumni events. Yeah, and, yeah, right. John was a big frat boy. Yeah. yeah. Shout out, John. First shout we out. We actually went, year. so this is crazy. Like, I'm going back Saturday. You want to come? We actually went down. Honestly, it's the the my favorite worst place in the entire world. Do you want to go? I'm going to I, I completely agree with that. We went, so at the end of the road trip, like the cast road trip, we... You probably got... Yeah, you we got ended, to we crossed the border in Detroit. Listen to this. We ended in Detroit. I don't even remember the whole story now. This whole company was like, go. But we ended in, we ended in Michigan, and we crossed over, um, and we heard there was a, like a brotherhood event happened that night. I guess it was like, you know, picking big brothers and so forth. Um, so I'm like, hey, can we, you know, we're coming through with the RV. What are you guys up to? We'll come give you a bunch of merch. Let's go for some drinks or whatever. We'll, we got you guys. Any and, excuse to go party at Western, honestly. Yeah, and you know what? Like we hadn't been in so long. We pulled the RV up, so you you would have been there when we had three thirty. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they bought that house. One of them, like Lawrence. I don't know if you know Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. So he was um, there. Rush Senior is me. Anyways, we pull up in front of there, like pull this RV up. You guys are like, what the heck? We go out. We stop at one of the bars, have some drinks, come back, uh, back to the house for the event. And honestly. I hadn't been back in a long, long time. And I don't know when, when you've been back. But oh, like, the basement's all decked out. I like, like tried to spearhead a lot of that. Yeah, like it, game, I walked like, in, I'm a kid. A house, like it looks more, well. yeah. yeah, like it was more, it was a lot cleaner when we were there because it was newer. Um, it looks more like a frat house, not in a bad way. But honestly, you know, the, that weird thing where you go back and you're worried, shit, like are they going to be like 
are they going to be cool and I'm not cool? No, you don't realize are, like, are they not the cool? Ranks, yeah. Have they gone downhill? Like, am I going to be able to connect with these kids? Are they losers? They were the. I was like, you guys are cooler than we were. Like these kids are so tapped in on in like uh just like a brotherhood sense, an entrepreneurial sense, like mm. everything. I'm like, I was like, I did not have this kind of brain when I was here. It, like uh, the the like the process in brotherhood was really strong. I feel like um, they obviously did really well socially in, yeah. in the last few years, and kind of from when I joined to when I left, there was definitely big improvements. Yeah, um, it's it's like it's really cool to see, and I, I definitely milked it. Like after I left, I oh, went yeah. back a few yeah. times. Now I've it's been like two years now. I think that but, was like uh, me when I first finished. Well, when I graduated, I went back a couple times. So I hadn't been back in maybe I don't know five six years mm. to the frat house at least. So when we stopped off the road trip, we we no, met you up. You visited, the, man. We we partied once or twice. Did we? No, maybe like once or twice. House, when, but for, yeah, uh, maybe in yeah. London. I don't know. I think we know each other more from Toronto, right? Yeah. But I remember. So we went there, met these uh, these young guys that we just know from like social media and whatever. And Eric and, and Brandon, shout out to those guys if they randomly listen. But uh, they're like, you have to come for a niche, and we're, we're like, when's a niche? Was like, that Strom? Uh, yeah, Strom? Yeah, yeah, you know Strom, yeah. 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 So uh, I'm actually going down on this upcoming Saturday. So when this episode's released, this is November whatever, 27th. And uh, I've never been to a niche on the other side. And to be honest, I don't remember a niche. You got to be careful. Uh, yeah, that's what I was just saying. Be careful. I was watching. So I don't remember a lot of it. So I'm going back now. And again, we're a little bit older now. So yeah. like, you know, we're a decade older than most of these kids, maybe over a decade older. Uh, but I booked a hotel. One of the kids was like, just stay hey, at man, the dirty. No, he said, he's like, man, you need a place to sleep. Like, you sleep on my couch. He's like, bro, I'm 31. I'm well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like, not. I can afford a hotel, yeah. man. I'm good. I'm all right. This is the best. I will say, and this is not, you know, if the boys are listening, it's not to discount anything, but it's so interesting how, you know, when you're a student, like, you know, how you go to Jim you Bob's. Yeah, you go to Jim Bob's <laughs> back when I was there. Like, that was the spot on Wednesdays. And, like, drinks would be like a couple bucks. Yeah. And, you know, you'd, you'd pre-drink and like, still drink a decent amount, but, you know, you spend like 30, 40 bucks a night, even 100. Like, that's a lot. A hundred bucks was like, oh my god, I spent a yeah. hundred bucks. Like, so we're at the I can't yeah. step out of my house without spending four hundred bucks. <laughs> oh yeah. If I'm lucky, yeah. <laughs> so um we go to the bar and we're there and I was like, you know, I like as alumni I used to take care of like, you know, the, the brothers. Young ones. So what the first round they come and give it to me and I remember the, the guys give me one and I can't remember if one of the guys like, you know, we could would have bought you more, but that's what we got. I'm like, I'm like, wait, you guys bought me a drink? I'm, I'm like, stop, don't spend your money. Like, you guys are students. You guys yeah, don't have money. <laughs> I got this. Don't worry. We go to the bar. I ordered, like, a round for, like, four of us or five, whatever. It was, like, $20. I was, yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, all right, make them doubles. And then and then uh, there was, like, then brothers started coming up, like, later. Like, this was, like, maybe midnight. And a couple more rolled in after that. I was like, okay, there's more guys. Come on. Like, let's get another round. So now it's, like, eight guys. It's like, okay, 35 bucks. And then, like, then it's like, there's like 10 guys. I'm like, right, give us a round of shots and drinks. It was like 60 bucks. Yeah. And I paid it. These guys were like, no way. Oh, what? Oh, you got all that? I'm like, guys, I like, this is like a, my, a dinner will cost shot more. Shot of Casamigos at Marvel like, or going something. To, going to McDonald's so, after the bar costs more than this. Like, what do you, like, it's all good. I got it. Have whatever you want. I think I put my card down. Like, the bill came like 100 bucks in the night. And like, they were like, it was honestly, it's really funny to see you on this side. Um, but, anyways. Yeah, so no, literally boys. like five dollars. There's kids that like don't have five dollars to take a taxi because they need to spend it at the bar. Yeah, they have, they have like negative twelve in their bank account. They're oh, like yeah. checking to see if they can. I, cover that their was like me rings. at one point. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. It happens. It's like part of uh, part of the university when, experience. Actually, so I was actually this is a funny story. I was in London for Jr's wedding. One of our buddies got married. This would have been twenty nineteen. Yeah. Oh. And my little cousin, his best friend, went to Fanshawe. So he mm -hmm. he met us out that night. And they were staying near Fanshawe, which if you know London, it's probably about, I don't know, $20 cab ride away, 15 bucks cab ride away. So there was like three or four, and they were going to take the bus at like 1.30 or something. I'm like, guys, let me get you an Uber. Like, it's all right. I can I can do this. Like, oh, man, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Blah, blah. I'm like, guys, don't worry. It's 15 bucks. 
<laughs> it's crazy to see, but it's actually really, it's really nice. Yeah, I, I, I was like, up. I really enjoyed going back. I'm sure you're not fun. We'll, this we'll week. talk about we'll it go. offline, but yeah, we'll uh, talk about it. we'll talk. it's fun going back. Like um, now that I'm older too, I actually like enjoy it a little bit more. I hate at that gap in the middle where I was like, I hate this place. I, I would do, I would it's do scary. Hoko, um, you know, for the memories for sure. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, that, that place is like, I'm, I'm so happy I did the university experience. I, I didn't like stay the full time because of yeah, yeah. like, I was, you know, kind of. I would say I like I did the the Western experience. I didn't do like the school experience. Like I was kind of there. I was like partying, Same. networking, like fraternity, yeah. uh, sports, whatever. But um, was was always kind of working on businesses on the side. I never was like fully mm-hmm. into the degree thing. It just wasn't part of my. Um, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Well, that brings I, you I, I would agree. Like I, for myself at least, I learned more. I mean, I I still don't think I learned more. Like you know, shouting my father, who I think is like one of my uh, one of my heroes in the entrepreneurial world. But like. Even in general, I think the school experience, no, sorry, like living in London, yeah, let, taught me how to grow up and like whatever. And, you know, started DJing I mean, like, their events. You, know, you don't not, need to sugarcoat it. Like you oh, had like amazing parties. And for sure. You, for sure. You, I didn't do much like studying and much work at all. I actually, um, I did okay in my last two years, but like I was just there to get my, like I was there to get my degree. Like it was a good school, whatever. But I was more like, I was in the same kind of vein. I was like ready to get on with my life, get in the business world, like start building something, yeah. um, I think for most people, university is that it's not what you exactly learn in your classroom. It's the life experiences you learn mm-hmm. outside of classrooms. Like there's some people and, you know, no knocks to them, but that go to school Monday to Friday, they don't miss any class Saturday, they stay in to do their homework and they, you know, maybe they go to the park or they go hang out and do chicken wings on Sunday, watch a little bit of football. Don't get me wrong. That's fine. Teach their own. But I don't think I've used anything I learned at Western in the real world. I'll disagree though. You just said, sorry, you said you think most people do learn from school or no, some I think more people learn outside of school than what I, they learn. In I school. think more people like go to job more people. There's less people that are entrepreneurs coming out of school and less people that like go for like the social and, and all that stuff. More people that go to school, study, go to sit at a so, job, so work at a desk it, job. No, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I, most people I think would learn more just going to the school and things they learn outside of the school than actual in the school. Right. I think it's subjective, hard to right? Say. Some yeah, people like, like doctors and like lawyers. The, yeah. That or, there's Doctors, a lot. engineers, trades, and, and like anything science related. Yeah, you you definitely need the curriculum because you know you don't really have the structure to learn those things on your own. And and I appreciate that. Like I'm, I've done a lot of my business. I've had to teach like every single thing I know to myself, and I feel confident that like you know I could out you know I I, I know enough like competency to like put myself in the room with the best business professionals in the world, whether it's CPAs, CFAs, MBAs, whatever mm-hmm. it is, and kind of hold my own because I've self taught it. So you learn like the building blocks more for education. It was just the, the, like the pace and style for me is like having that attributable value and experience where you can like, you know, kind of draw parallels and like, you know, it just, it sticks more for me, like memorization without purpose just kind of falls over my head. So I think school curriculum just, you know, needs to be a little bit more engaging. Yeah. Um, Would you go for, uh, originally to do IV and, and actually like, so, so I kind of believe the education system like failed me in a way to that point. Like I, I went to Western for Ivy. <laughs> Ivy's like, um, you know, top business school in yeah. Canada, has a great reputation. Um, and what led me to it was like the case study method of the way they taught. And that's what I wanted to. That's why I left. I was from Montreal. You know, there was like McGill in my backyard. I got into U of T, other schools, but like Western Ivy is why I went. And um, interestingly, in my first two years, I was running some businesses on the side. I had um, like this marketing consulting company and events company. It was like my first foray into entrepreneurship, started my own business. And I remember that like the business started to take off. I had an important, um, you know, investor meeting once and 
like there was this course I was in, it was like operations management or something. And I had to, uh, there was like a test on the same day that I had um, like an important investor was trying to raise money, like coming to Toronto from San Francisco. I remember I like, like didn't even think twice about it. I printed out the email. I went to see my teacher. Like I sat down with her and I'm like, hey, um, you know, this is really important to me. I, it's on the same date as the test. He's there for two days. Like when you're young and at this stage of my life, you realize there's, there's a lot, but that was like one of the most valuable relationships I had. I wanted to make the most of it. So, um, I'm like, I'll do the test earlier. I'll do the test later. Is there any way you could accommodate me? And the teacher's like, I'd love to, I'm not allowed, like, you know, go talk to the academic counselor. I take the same kind of like thing, like print it out, professional, go to the academic counselor, talk about it. Sorry. Like there's nothing we can do. We can't get you out of the test. You have to write it. Um, I tried to escalate it. I spoke to the dean of the department, same conversation. And this was a business program, right? This was a business program for That's me to so be in a crazy. business school. And basically the consensus by the end of it, and I like tried hard. I wrote like a, like a very eloquent letter, like, you know, pro properly went through the, the processes to get it done. I was already pissed off by the process. Um, and the answer I got was like, no. And like, no, you know, uh, not like, kicking the ball at that whatever but like you know if, if i had lied and said i'm sick or i had anxiety i probably could have got out of the test i was trying to be like upstanding and like honest yeah, and like this is what i need to do more of the story I, I hadn't done the best on the first test because i was like a c's get degrees type of guy anyway <laughs> and like i did the math and like i would have like even if i, I got out i've never but heard that's that. literally my like that's basically i lived my life i got yeah. i was like I'm, I'm here to get the degree and you know no, nobody, unless you're in honors nobody asks what did you graduate with yeah it, it just, it, you know, I, I, not, I not in Canada, concepts, in the States, I guess your GPA, whatever, but in Canada, nobody cares. I, I was always cognizant of the fact that I would make my way outside of the mm -hmm. traditional yeah. system, yeah. but I still, I, I desired to go through the, the program and, um, you know, more of the story. I didn't go to the class. I dropped the class, uh, because I wasn't going to pass, went to see the investor, a successful meeting, you know, like forget that side of the story for a minute. Um, but I didn't know this, but in order to get into Ivy, you need to have a full course load for two years, um, like five courses a semester. And then I like spoke to the academic counselor. I'm like, can I do it in the summer? Can I make it up? They're like, if you want to go to Ivy, you have to do a full, you know, other additional year. Same thing, like tried to talk about, they're like, well, there's nothing we can do. So, um, you know, I've already been like, basically that, that kind of was like the start of the process on the way out. Um, you know, to this day, I've already, uh, you know, like lectured at the MBA program. I've spoken at Ivy. I've done stuff at Rotman and U of T. Uh, I've done stuff at different universities um, across the states also that I've been invited to. And, you know, uh, like it's it's just like, it's ironic. It's funny that there's a business program they couldn't support it. And the more I spoke to people in the entrepreneurial world as I got older, you kind of figured that out. Like the path that is set for you there is kind of one to like work in financial services. Like, yep. They work in a traditional environment and, and it never really catered to entrepreneurship from the get-go. Yeah, I would agree with all that. That's a pretty, really cool story. Good for you for, for making that decision. I think that's also where it fails people is, I think, um, I don't know, I don't have a number list, but I would guesstimate <clears throat> that like more people are, are like, a, they're not the kind like of yourself. And I mean, I, I would say that we're similar in that, you know, do something and ask, like ask for forgiveness, not permission. In a business sense, not in any other sense of the word. I qualify that because people might take that out of context. But cancel George. Yeah, but just you never know. Like that could be in wrong situation. That could be misconstrued. Continue, but continue. Um, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't risk dropping the course because of repercussions of their what their parents are going to think, the money invested already, all of these things. Right? You're you're going to say like, why would I leave? Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm close. Like I have like one or two courses probably to graduate. But like it just at a certain point when when I made the decision actually to leave, there was like the 
I looked at a, I, I live life based on like risk minimization framework. So at the time I was like, will I regret this decision? I have a business opportunity. It was a cool company in San Francisco where I got offered a, you know, full-time like big boy job, head of growth was the first employee, uh, non-technical employee. Um, and you know, with like an equity position, et cetera. So it was like, it was a good decision. I'm like, will I regret leaving school? Probably not. Will I regret not taking this opportunity with what happens to the company? Probably yes. And you know, I, I decided yeah. to move forward with it. But that's, but I think the thing is too, what I was like, I think that's the problem with the schooling system and all that stuff. Like the fact that like the Ivy business school didn't support a decision for like someone to make an entrepreneurial business type decision is, I think it's short sighted. I think it just kind of plays a thing I, for a while. I believe that the schooling is kind of, I mean, it natural to money grab. It's a, it's for, for some aspects, traditional education is <laughs> it's getting better. Um, but, but yeah. And, and part of that, like eloquent letter, you know, I referenced the Dean was like, you know, I'm here. I, I was already like employing or working with students. Uh, I actually started an accelerator on Western called W five to like support entrepreneurs. Wow. Um, in my last year where I was kind of coaching and mentoring them and we had like a whole cohort, we had a lot of success stories still around today, which is cool. Wow. Uh, I recently had like an alumni reach out to me saying like, Hey, I went through the program. I work in crypto. I'm doing some, some like amazing job. I forget exactly what it was. And, and he wanted to connect. Um, but you know, I was like, I'm, not only like working on campus, supporting entrepreneurs, working the ecosystem, I'm creating a company, like I'm hiring students, I'm making them more competitive when they graduate, I'm bringing attention to the school on a global landscape, like it doesn't make sense that this can't be supported, like this is literally a business case study, why else am I going to business school? And like, I, I remember the dean said something that like was like the, all right, I'm not even going to try doing this anymore, he's like, you make a great point, I personally agree with you, but this was in like October, he's like, I can bring it up at like the December, like half year hearing or whatever. I'm like, all right. Like, yeah. <laughs> Someone, the, sorry on that note, somebody once told me it was a friend of mine's dad. And he said, opportunities only come like once in a blue moon. School will always be there. Mm -hmm. And at the time I thought it was the dumbest thing. Cause I was like, you know, oh, you need to go to school. Like growing up, that's what you're taught, right? You need it's, to go to school. It's you like culturally to, ingrained yeah. in you for sure. And the older you get, you're like, man, that's so true. Like opportunities don't come every now and then, right? Like, Sometimes they're far and few between, but school literally is always there. You can always go back to school at any point in time. If you have a good opportunity and it makes sense, maybe take it. I don't know, do what's best for you. But I remember at the time thinking it was so dumb. Now well, I look back, I'm it's, like, it's yeah. like two, it's two sided. I mean, like, I, I think as you get older, opportunities become abundant, especially if you put yourself in the right situation. Like, I, I do believe in the luck is timing meets execution thing. And, but at the time, that was the best opportunity to present itself to me and the opportunity cost to me of staying in school was was too high and, yeah. and just going based off that kind of like decision making framework uh which i try and employ at all stages of my life it just was the right decision at the time if i had to go back so be it um you know whatever it was it just it ended up leading me to where i am today some of the relationships i met along the way some of the confidence i made you know and built some of the experience it's all you know i, I think it's all yeah yeah out. made the right decision clearly you know, uh, you probably you might know this. I don't know if you know this, or maybe you guys don't. Um, Peter Thiel has a has a fund. Drop up school, yeah. yeah. Where he basically pays, like he says, if you drop out of school, start a business. Hundred k, go to start your business, drop out of university. I love that. Yeah. He strongly he strongly opposes university. And it's like a, it's a waste. It's a, just a talent suck and like a waste of, of time. For Listen, lack of a better term. it's not a for, su it's not a suck, but there's just. It doesn't cater to like if you look at the distribution bell curve, like it doesn't cater to people on the edge of you know the the traditional spectrum. Like you're 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 catering your program to the average, and it goes all the way back to to elementary school. And there's some things that are unavoidable, 
when you have a set curriculum, right? Like if your competence is higher in math than it is in English, think about you wasting like an elementary school, you do what, two hours of math a day. If you're like a year or two advanced in math, you're spending two hours a day where you're not learning anything new, but you couldn't, you can't like theoretically move forward. Or you can't you do can, like grade four slash five. You have to but, do all. But if you were to move forward in like a customized learning type thing and you're with older students by the average, you're actually um, subject to like social inequity where you're less athletic, you haven't hit puberty yet, you're less mature emotionally. And like you'll actually be, you know, you, it'll, it'll affect your social development. So what's more important? I mean obviously both of you know um, you know it, all forms of intelligence are important i think social intelligence emotional intelligence is included there um i don't know you know if you don't develop socially that could drastically affect you in in a number of my my social skills are a large part of why i'm successful for sure so so i don't know what the solution is aside from like or, or i do it's a lot it's complex i won't go into it but it, it's something i actually um you know aspire to spend more time on solving a like that education problem like an impact perspective um, and something that, you know, I've been thinking about more and more because today, you know, I, I think I'm very fortunate where I am in my career. My business is, um, you know, really big. I think I've achieved a lot of the financial goals I would have, I would have hoped to. in in my young age, I'm like, uh, you know, really proud of everything my business has done. We've accomplished. And the fact that I'm 26, I have, you know, my biggest resource right now and my biggest asset is, is time. So um, like, being able to take financial consideration out of the equation, which, you know, will lead me to like, like money's never been my be all end all. It's like a byproduct of, of moving forward. I've been capable of it. I, I like to afford myself a nice, a nice lifestyle, but, um, I'm definitely driven like primarily by that, that impacting. So I have like my whole thirties to really focus on, you know, wh who knows where the, the business career will be and stuff, but like lots of time to really like dedicate and focus on that problem, which is something I want to, um, yeah, invest a lot of time into. I got a kind of off-topic question, but we were talking about like risks. And what's the biggest risk you've ever taken? Great question. Um, and then George, to you after. I guess I kind of might know. I feel thing. like I I try and take increasingly big risks every day of my life. I I like truly believe in. Um, like I could say the most impactful risks or most influential risks, but I truly believe that like living outside of your comfort zone is the only way to, to like grow. Um, and I try and thrust myself into uncomfort as often as possible. Um, be it through, you know, like, like from, from the speaking to pitching to the, the conversations I have to the business products, like, um, you know, to moving to new cities. Like I, I'm like an adventurer, like a, like soul, like I, like have trouble sitting still. That's like really where I thrive is like in that kind of uncertain, uncomfortable environment. So, you know, I, I try and like, if there's like a risk, an opportunity that like requires risk. And, and I think to also innovate at the edge, you do have to take calculated risks. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, if, if you're not, if you don't feel like you're making risky decisions, then you're moving too slow or, you know, you're, you're not being ambitious enough in my opinion. Oh, I agree. George, you, I'd agree with that. Um, the biggest risk I've taken in hindsight, I'd, I'd say probably jumping into doing like starting cast, but I'd say if no, with no hindsight in the moment, what I felt was the biggest risk was that when I quit to travel the world, like when I just said, fuck this, I've had enough of this. I don't know what I want. I don't know if I want, what do I do the rest of my life? Like whatever. And just left the, the family business. 
But it, now knowing what I know, the second time I left the family business is definitely the bigger risk. <laughs> but yeah, whatever. It it is what it is. Yeah, it is what but it is. But yeah, how about you? Ah, uh, yeah, calf. Yeah, yeah, easy one. Uh, I'm not a risk taker normally. I like I agree in the sense that I like to put myself in uncomfortable positions uh, because I do think that's the only way you grow mm. is by going to places you've never done. In that cliche saying, whatever it is. <laughs> To get somewhere you've never been, yeah, you gotta yeah, do something yeah. you've never done, or whatever. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. We all know that cliche saying. So, yeah, of course. Uh, I do enjoy that, and I'll I like put the myself. Crocs, by the way, yeah, that's my vibe. <laughs> These are actually funny story. They're from Japan or China. Japan. Are they, rainy aren't one day. they all? <laughs> <laughs> I guess these are knockoff ones. Though. These are like two dollars or something. Okay, um, so you left. I want to go back because we missed a good Yeah, segment. we deviated from the, like, how it started. Uh, Western. So you dropped mm-hmm. out to go work at WeWork. Employee kind of number one, I guess, first non-technology. Islands, Islands. 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 Sorry. It was acquired after by yeah, WeWork. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that was after the whole big teachers not letting you do that? Or did you stick around at Western for a while where you're still working? No, it was like that. Uh, th- that was like the, the giving up Ivy. I hadn't dropped out because of that. I was like, all right, I actually changed my degree. I was doing economics. I was like, kind of just want out of here. I'm going to switch to like a bachelor of arts and kind of study some things that I won't study on my own. So I, I pivoted my degree. I started taking uh, architecture, art history, um, like interesting, you know, philosophy, like things that I'm like, oh, I would love to learn the basics of. I'm, I'm a very like, you know, I, I, I just, I, I, I love to learn. Uh, in general, I thought these would be cool things I wouldn't study on my own. So um, I, I was already working on islands at the time, uh, kind of happened by chance. Like my cousin had connected me to the, you know, the founder of the business when he just started it. Um, he kind of, I, I was passionate. I wanted to get started. He's like, let's see what you can do. Like no framework. Uh, if you were to launch this app on your campus, they had just built the app. They'd done no growth, zero users. Um, if you were to launch this app on your campus, like what would you do? And I, you know, came back, he probably expected me to give him some small answer. I gave him like, you know, a full like thesis on like what Tilt did, what worked, what didn't work, what I've seen other ambassador programs do, how I would do it. Um, and he's like, you know what? Like, I love the way you think. Like, here's free reign. Like, I wasn't paid. It was just give it a go. Um, started to obviously see a lot of success in that, like coupled with like, you know, this is what I want to focus on full time. This is where I want to be. I know you, I can't be taken seriously like as a, you know, a partner or like, you know, a, a key figure in this business. If I don't, um, I just really, yeah, like the decision was made already in my head. I just like, you know, I was already kind of checked out of class. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So you did that. I mean, let's take on the storyline now. I was going to jump into the crypto stuff, but, um, so when that's done, sold, you moved on. Did you dive right? Like, did you kind of your, your interest led you to the white paper of, of whatever, not what's the name? I'd heard about crypto. Um, like, like I was telling, uh, Ricky, like when, when you guys were doing cast, like I, you know, I spent a lot of time traveling the States and stuff with the business, which was like really cool life experience. Um, when the company at, at the end of the kind of like the, the company life cycle, I, I, I like poked around a little bit. I wanted to see what I wanted to do. I applied to some jobs. I, I actually got some good offers as a 21 year old to like some, you know, top companies. I remember like Facebook as like a, uh, as a manager without a degree. I thought that was so cool. It was like a top company I wanted to work for, um, a VC opportunity with a really cool VC fund, which again, as like a 21 year old is, is really hard to, to branch out into. Um, but I took that as an opportunity to kind of sit back and be like, you know, if I have these job opportunities now, um, and I still like, you know, consider like I still have that entrepreneurial spirit. Like I always wanted to be running my own business and, and doing my own thing. Um, if I take these opportunities now, like, sorry, I have these opportunities now, they're going to be here in two years. I kind of wanted to like take some time off to figure out what I wanted to do. 
I won't say that I went through like a little bit of like an existential crisis, but that was the moment of my life, like in that four month period before I figured out what I wanted to do, where I was the most like reflective and introspective and like was really taking a lot of time to myself. And I wasn't like outwardly like happy and excited. Like it was a difficult process. Like I was like trying to figure out like who's Zach Friedman, what do I want to do with my time in the world? I, I know I'm capable of a lot. Um, you know, I have a big weight on my shoulders, like self-imposed kind of, but like, you know, I, I want to make the most of, of what I can in my time here. Um, and I actually stumbled on this, uh, like side sidebar to finding crypto, which was part of this and, and kind of back to a point I was making earlier, stumbled on this concept called Ikigai, which is really interesting. It's a Japanese concept for well-being. And it's basically, if, if you look at a picture, I'll, I'll send it to you guys later. It's really cool. Um, encourage anyone listening to kind of, to kind of Google Ikigai. There's like a Venn diagram, I K I G A I. There's a Venn diagram. That's kind of the intersection of four circles, which is, uh, what you're good at, what the world needs, um, what you can be paid for and, uh, what you're good at, what the world needs, what you can be paid for and, and what you enjoy doing. And I was trying to like, if you can basically find the alignment of, of those four items is kind of like finding your groundedness and like your purpose for being in the world. And I think that's what everyone a little bit strives for. Like, where can I pass the time, you know, do good, you know, create impact, also support the lifestyle I know. And I, I was headbutting a lot with that concept of like, how can I make the money I need and also like, do something that's good for the world because I, I wanted to like support entrepreneurs I love that I love like inspiring people and motivating motivating them to like do their best but I couldn't find a way to make that into a sustainable career at the time so I was like you know what I keep headbutting on this like impact money thing like let me double down a little bit on like finding something at the intersection where I can make you know wealth I, I enjoy it I'm innovating I'm having fun um, and like you know, I, I actually, I'm, I'm good and I can, you know, enjoy it along the way. And that was in the fintech realm always. I was just like, my expertise was like social fintech. It's like how I was kind of just like programmed, like from skill set, I guess. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like I'd, I'd also on the side of this stumbled on the Bitcoin white paper, really like dove down a rabbit hole. It was like really interesting to me. And, you know, talking about risks, I actually think that was probably one of the biggest risks ever because like it's it was a really interesting dynamic because I had I was like this seems so like life-changing and impactful but no one around me really understood the concept and I tried to like explain I'm like mom dad like listen to this like I started to like do research I'm like like trusting like mentors advisor like what do you think about crypto have you heard about it you know, faced with like, it's a scam, it's rejection, like tons of rejection across the board, like figureheads who I aspired to be and like looked up to on social media. You know, you read the like tweets and the bankers and whatever, like this is nothing, this is nonsense. Like even, you know, famous tech entrepreneurs <laughs> I followed on Twitter, et cetera, had commentary on it dismissively. I'm like, am I you not know, getting something? Like, like Warren Buffett, like that downplay. All, all the above. Yeah. Like, you know, um, like, like their books are, are a lot of like the literature I did as well. And, and more than that, like t tons of people. And I was like, is it that I'm like not smart enough? Am I like missing something here? Why, why is no delusional? one else? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. why is no one like get it? And, you know, kind of simultaneous to that, I was like, you know, what if I'm right? You know, like I have confidence, like this is me. If I am right, I have the opportunity and ability to position myself at the forefront of an industry. 
and you know you get to like a rising tide lifts all ships if you like get there in the beginning um and you start like my today like the thesis played out like my five six years of, of crypto experience um puts me at like the forefront of an industry i'm going to miami next week i'm speaking in front of a few thousand people i was the youngest speaker um a few months ago at the largest gathering of private wealth in the world with like trillions of dollars of wealth sheiks princes like i've been in the like some incredible places like all because of the expertise i have in crypto i'm um you know we're participants in like family office conferences and events i regularly kind of interact with like some of these like the leading family offices in in north america not even just canada anymore like guiding them and and you know trying to provide them support on what they're how they get into the crypto space um so yeah all that to say like taking that risk to be like i want to work in the digital asset space i didn't exactly know what it was um i started with trading actually and like kind of just tinkering around and you know i i used to play poker and was like you know that that type of person so the trading kind of appealed to me and it was it was a fun a little bit of risk and gamble factor a do little you, bit do you remember your first trade your first crypto trade definitely buying bitcoin um do you remember which, what you paid or what like roughly it was like what, sub a thousand or sub a thousand for sure oh, that's um, good then it was that's really good yeah. <laughs> it was early I but, I that's good it, yeah I I like 18 good. i was happy with mine <laughs> yeah so but about 100 bucks though <laughs> um so, so i i did pretty well with the the trading early on for sure uh pre kind of 2016 but I, I i didn't really like i hadn't really traded much before what it wasn't like my it was more to like get exposure i was like the best way to learn about anything is get your skin in the game no matter what um you know the first time like my parents started taking crypto seriously was when i finally convinced them i'd already been talking about it for like you know a, like a couple of years and i finally convinced them to buy it and hold it now i get you know the updates every day from my mom did you see what happened to bitcoin i i, <laughs> I wish they weren't in it but like i'm also happy they're in it I just picture um, you coming home one day with like a nice suit on or something. Your mom's like, where'd you get that suit? You're like, oh, my, I bought it. Like, where'd you get the money? <laughs> Digital assets. And your mom's like, what the fuck? I, they were used to it by now. Uh, I, I had my side hustles my whole life where uh, I actually like, you know, I, I was selling clothes and shoes and like, you know, th things my whole life. I, I remember there was a time when um, yeah, I, I made some like money in a side business like that. And my mom's like. Uh, I, I like started buying a lot of like Jordans and like a Louis belt and like a few things that like I want as a kid. And I told my mom it was all fake. So like, she <laughs> usually people do the opposite buy fake things, tell people yeah, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Actually funny enough. I remember I did a uh, nightclub, oh, you know, I did nightclub stuff back in the day. And I remember my dad was like, Rick, you can't just throw parties two nights a week. You have to work. Mm. And then I was like 21 at the time too. And I was like, dad, I make more like the same as John, you know, John, obviously. Yeah who's an engineer at the time. I'm like, I make the same as him. I work two nights a week. Why would I get a real job? You like, you bottle, bottle service girls in yeah, Toronto. That's what right? I was like, literally. And he's like, no, you don't. I literally showed him my paycheck one. He's like, people pay you this much to throw parties? I was like, yeah, it's that simple. It's not simple. You need to be... Uh... It is. If you think about it, it's pretty simple to throw a good party. Like, you just got to be fun. Yeah. Uh, you got social skills. You got to have the... the create. You got to be a little creative, a little entrepreneurial. You got to... Listen, yeah, I I, you're you're managing people. You're managing like expectations. Uh, expectations. There's a lot of ops going on. You're like fielding a lot of requests. Like I I I love hospitality and like um when an, I like my first business that I was mentioning going into university was actually like marketing consulting and social media management, which like led me into the event and entertainment industry. So like one of my biggest like first accomplishments was. At I think 18 years old, I hosted Kylie Jenner's 18th birthday party in Montreal, which was like at the time the largest celebrity event in the country. I like 
helped bring the idea together, hire the team. It was at Beach Club in uh, in Montreal. Um, and you like, ever been, George? Uh, no, I, I I know of it. I've, yeah. That I yeah. Danielle, you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little uh, a, a little trashy, but uh, you know, I got my start there. It was, yeah, it was great. It was like it's like a large outdoor club. Um, you know, I I really like. I, so I always had that like I was also the social at, at LXA like I love to plan the parties and I was a um, social when I was there first nice. guy to get up get an open party shut down in like four years though fuck that up I was the first guy, <laughs> I was the first guy to like bring them back they were they, the like everyone was scared to do them for like three years yeah like, I don't know if they had in my while because I, yeah. I was social in my last year I think I was sports chairman all years and I was social I think in fourth year George was sports chairman because they wouldn't no. play on the team if he wasn't <laughs> I was the leading receiver on the football team every season. The so I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Team? <laughs> I, was, I was the center. I'll tell you. I'll that was story. fun. I did that shit. The reason, the reason I was the leading receiver is because I, I mean, I'm still like a pretty big guy, but I was a little bit more like shorter, heavy, more stout, <laughs> if you will. And I could snap. I played quarterback in high school, but I could snap a ball. So, you know, Ben Kajast? No. Yeah, one of the alumni. Good quarterback. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he lives in London still. And his Ben was a quarterback. He was sick. I could snap the ball. And he would like to snap the shotgun. No one would cover me because I was center. They just thought I was some some fat kid who just snapped the ball. Like, just run seams yeah. down the middle. Just throw me Hail Marys all game. <laughs> so I was like a sports chairman. One, because I like planning things and organizing. Yeah. Big C, big uh, ops guy. But uh, I was also good at football. Decent at football. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was social. Didn't go so well. I, I did that same thing when I was in uh, Ontario Hall. I played uh, played quarterback on flag football team. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of fun. Except it was like half the season was in winter. And it was like. Yeah, I was, the worst. I was bad. Yeah. George, did you play on the Elgin team? When we were in first year? Yeah. Yeah, I was a quarterback. Were you? Yeah. Did you, did you play? So I played like a couple games. We won it, didn't we? No, we lost in the, in the finals. finals. They didn't deem or something? Yeah. And I was so I played high school football and I was like pretty good. I wasn't amazing. I was either. quarterback, right? I can't remember. I can't remember, I remember either. So I didn't show up to like the final practice or something. Yeah. So like you have to show up to the final practice to play. I'm like, I was throwing a party or something. Again, risk, you know. So <laughs> didn't show up to practice. They benched me. So I'm standing there on the sidelines. I'm like, yo, let me play. I'm better than this guy. Last play of the game, we were up. Didn't he get burned he on the last he play? He gets burned on a Hail Mary to happened. lose the game. I remember yeah. how it happened now. Wow, this just came back to me. I did play quarterback, and we were down. Because like Brucey's time to shine. <laughs> no, we were down, and we had one last drive. So we thought we were like, like two-minute drill. We had like last plays of the game. We went down and scored to go up by a couple points to take the lead. Wow. So we're like, and wow. Like low I love scoring that you guys game remember too. this. Yeah, low yeah, scoring no, game. It just came back. Yeah, you remember. Score. Because the then then that guy, he's gonna, whatever, if you're listening, probably not. But Dima, he was tall too, like athletic. But they ran like, they, they came down the field and they were like 20 yards out. And they ran this like terrible, I think they ran like a seat. I remember the guy on the sidelines and our tallest player couldn't block the ball. No, and he just got burned, like straight up. And I was like, bro, let me play. Like, I, this is what I, this is like what I do. It was I down by the safety. fields by the gym. Yeah. I remember yeah, this now. Down the pit. I can barely remember last week. I don't know how I just remember yeah. that. Anyway. My glory <laughs> days. Oh, man. Uh, anyway, not, not really more. relevant, but. Um, Cheers. You want some more? I'm good, bro. Thanks. So. Don't mind if I do. I wanted to jump back because you mentioned it, and I apologize if you we talked about it and I missed it, but you said, I asked why you went uh, after the. V- Avenue you did into the crypto space with your startup now. Um, like, so you saw a big opportunity. Like, was there a lot of players in the space specifically, like similar um, or close that you're doing? And so, and so, is there now? Yeah. So like there wasn't really like a business formation when I kind of decided I wanted to work in crypto um, and, and digital assets. It was like, 
this is where I want to dedicate my time and attention and focus. Cause I, you know, I, I'm definitely of the belief if you want to be uh, successful in anything, you have to be an expert at that one craft. Like I am, um, you know, definitely a, what I consider a very competent like trader. I, I know like a, a lot about macroeconomics, economics in general. Um, and, but mostly all principles are tied towards the digital asset ecosystem and, and industry. Like I don't touch, I barely touch stocks. Like my, the, the relative value of my stock portfolio to, to crypto is like, embarrassing not like i just i have an edge like i understand the game i've like mastered my craft so to speak and you know i feel like that's where the most value for my time spent is and i don't even see it as risky because i you know i understand all the factors and, and inputs um there's things out of my control everyone will say that and blah 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 but like i barely even own real estate like i have you know quite a, quite a large crypto portfolio but i'm like very very over diversified um because of just the game i understand so like the same kind of concept like when when i was doing growth for for that tech startup i like really immersed my i like believe in that immersion so like i created a separate twitter where all i did was follow like you know consumer social growth the vc funds like the thought leaders um in order to like think in that mindset like those were the youtube videos i watched that was the content i looked at um and and the same thing with crypto i like didn't understand yet but i found the best people to follow i found the best books to read and i was like i want to understand historical context i started to learn about you know uh, everything from like bretton woods and the gold standard like i i just i had enough foresight to be like i need to understand more to innovate uh, not not too much because i i think that like you know playbooks of the past can innovate when you're can paralyze you when you're innovating at the edge i guess like they stop you if you know too much but just understanding general frameworks and context so you have to know enough about history to understand, like maybe the shortcomings, but not enough where it's like you're trying to build something Stop for Web3 and crypto that's based on old technology. You have exactly. to be very innovative and outside yeah. the box thinking. Yeah, you got to be like flexible. Yeah, and yeah. Limber with and it. you have to be able to imagine something that hasn't been imagined before in order to do things that, like exactly. Um, so it's a little similar but different. Like you can't like a lot of people are. I'm sorry, not just to digress. No, I remember sure. reading somebody. Um, he works at Andreessen Horowitz. Um, what's his name? Um, he's a he runs a crypto team at Andreessen. I was doing a podcast with him in Naval and Tim Ferriss, and he, he was saying like a lot of people, I guess, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but he's saying a lot of people, they're shortcoming, people moving from Web 2 into Web 3 to like, you know, more on the technical side, maybe trying to build apps, is a lot of people are, you know, building based on some similar Web 2 like frameworks. And, you know, they're saying like, you know, the, the people that are really going to change the game are the ones that are taking some stuff from history and what's been done, but really looking at like, just imagine new ways to build something that's never been built before. And those are the apps that are going to succeed and move on into the, uh, like take over the space and really make, you know, big headways and so forth. But yeah. Anyways. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, and, and like to that point, I, I think like, you know, it's just under, you also need to have a certain level of education to be taken seriously around these things. Like, again, I was coming from, I'd studied like base level business courses and to my point, like I barely ever went to class. Um, it's just like, I, w when you're interacting with a lot of these potential clients, like I need to learn like everything about like, trading commodities terms like like i basically had to give myself mba 101 like in order to be taken seriously especially as like a 21 year old 22 year old starting a business like who's this little punk and like i wanted to I, eventually i, I kind of knew i wanted to like help in the financial service side of things um you know you you, you gotta talk the talk and and walk the walk you kind of gotta like well, i faked it till i made it a little bit obviously um and talked a big game and, and you know partnered with some amazing people um but you know you you had to really feel that gap. yeah you moved into it like you moved in obviously early and you said you know you know high whatever t high tides raise all ships whatever the saying was 
when you guys came in, when you came into the space and doing what you're doing and now with your company, um, like, is there a lot more competition now? Where do you guys stand amongst? If I can ask that, if you yeah, want to disclose, yeah, yeah, for not, sure. I, like, uh, where are you relative? Yeah, probably didn't give too much too much context early on either um, for, for listeners, but. Um, we're, we operate the largest brokerage in Canada. Um, we're what's it called? Probably secure digital markets, um, is, is the trading arm of the business and GDA capital, the parent were, uh, you know, probably one of the top three, top four largest investment banks in the digital asset space. Um, globally, one of the largest in North America now, um, kind of by size, scale, brand, everything, um, in terms of like our direct competitors. Do you determine like, is it? Assets under management is there is there a term like a term used to determine size of a company or is it not really any standard um, yet? You know, like we're private, our valuation like hasn't really been disclosed to the entire group publicly um, much. But understanding the competitors, some are publicly traded, some are private. Uh, you know, we we have a lot of visibility. Like it's revenue, assets under management, etc. Yeah, it's mi- okay. mix. And it's it, subjective, obviously. Of course, of yeah. course. Who would be, um, is there any public that like that we would know of? Like, Yeah, any- so Ga- Galaxy Digital is probably the closest uh, infrastructure, um, you know, and, and like channel player that has a similar infrastructure to us. So, uh, you know, the the difference is I think they were, they were funded with a few hundred million dollars of capital and went public from the get-go or were founded by a billionaire. We kind of started oh. from the ground up. So, you know, I like to say we're, we're like the little engine that uh, keeps on chugging. We've been uh, like never taking in outside capital. I was just going to um, ask kinda, that next. So we, you bootstrapped it like just you some, guys? Some subsidiaries have raised a bit of capital. Um, our, our brokerage uh, raised, you know, eight, nine months ago um, at above $120 million valuation for the first time, a few million dollars, which Congrats. was um, the first business I started in the space, which is really cool. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to get, you know, like it doesn't really matter once you're already at the, the scale and point, but like, you know, it's, it's still cool that everyone kind of gets to see what you're doing. There's a lot of like outreach and, um, uh, support. Like I have, uh, you know, really gotten a lot of support from <clears throat> old friends and, and family reached out. Like it's, it's been nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, you know, to me it's, it's all relative. I, I try and not look to the left and right too much. Um, I'm. I'm just like I'm I'm focused on creating a kind of like legacy business like I I want GDA to be that you know household name brand investment bank merchant bank 3.0 of the future that um is going to be around here for for generations There's lots of things that could happen in between and I wouldn't be opposed to exiting or other but like you know I want to just really build out the you know the business and thesis as long as I can It's very cool. Good for you. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, I had another question on. I forget. Fuck. Oh, while you think about that, <clears throat> has there been any moment during this journey where you're like, you feel very content with yourself, where you're like, you know what, this is the moment right now, and explain <laughs> that to us. Yeah, g- great question. And uh, I think there's there's a couple ways to interpret that. Like, I'm my own harshest critic, so I'm like perpetually striving for more. And, you know, I, I think it's something that I always used to think about it with, with my grandfather. Um, he's, you know, an immigrant, came to Canada with nothing, built, built a very, uh, you know, a, a pretty substantial business for himself, um, given everywhere he came from and given his circumstances. And like, you know, he had, he had like a clothing, uh, clothing chain with 30 something stores across the, the country at one point. Um, it's like, you know, what motivates you and pushes you to like 
keep going and go from like that 29th store to the 30th store whereas other people kind of rest on their laurels they're happy they're they're content they kind of like pull off the brakes um you know i i like want to keep striving for more but i i definitely am content like i think that uh, to that point earlier like the the monetary goal was never my goal like the things i'm doing now like the firsts are the most exciting and and like the journey and i i didn't appreciate it for a while but like you know i stop and reflect regularly now and i'm like you know like this is awesome like like it's it sounds trivial but like you know when when i'm like going to speak in front of these crowds or when i like you know just it it happens quickly and yeah just just like reflecting on on where i am and accomplishing the goals like when you i i've been envisioning it for a long time and this is always what i envision i never envision myself on the other side like i just it's it's fun and i wonder how you guys feel about cast like um you know how how's the process for you guys so far like what do you feel or are you content with where you guys are in life i'm very content with where i am right now like and i ask this question to a lot of people now especially like anytime i'm I don't know if I should say this anyways, but when I'm casually dating or any per- new person I meet, one of the, my favorite questions is, are you happy? Are mm. you content? And I, I think happiness and contentment are a little bit different, but they share a lot of similarities. And I love asking people, like, are you happy right now? And I think sometimes you get certain answers where some people are just so, like, raw and honest. And mm. it's sometimes like, no, you know what? I could be way happier. I could be three years ahead. I should be five years ahead. I wish I did this sooner. I wish I did that sooner. But I'm like, look, right now, In where moment, you yeah. are, are you happy? Are you content with where you are? And I think you get some of the greatest answers. And me personally, I'm so content and I'm so happy with where I am right now because I've learned a lot. I've had a lot of wins and I've had a couple losses. And, you know, I've talked about this on the pod numerous times. Like I've, I've faced some demons that I wish I didn't. But everything that I've done in my life has brought me to this exact moment. And this exact moment, and today, November 23rd, whatever it is, I know it's going to get aired in like a, in a month, but... I'm so happy with my life. Mm-hmm. I've met so many amazing people. I've done so many things that people could only wish of doing. And you know, you see people when they're old and they say, "Oh, I wish I had more time. I wish I had more of this." It's like, if I win tomorrow, I would be the I yeah, could go happy, I, man. I'm so I've got I do I get to work with my friends. I get to work with my family. I get to meet cool people on a daily basis. I get to go out and try new things, experience new things, go to different places I've never been. So, to me, I think you know, again, I, I can probably speak for everyone in the room here when I say this, like, live each day like it's your last because, again, it, it might be, and if COVID taught us one thing, that it might honestly be, and we're at a point where it's, if you're not happy with what you're doing, it doesn't matter how much money you have or how many places you've traveled in the world. If you're not happy with where you are right now, it's time to make a change, but. Yeah, and, and I was thinking about it in a work context. I think the life context, like, you know, totally agreed, and contentment and happiness kind of comes from that alignment of, like, you know, I think, acting based on your your morals your principles like just really acting in line with like th- your your best self and you can deviate from the norm you have down days you have down yeah, weeks you have down months like you have failures but i think as like as long as you're giving your best and and for me improving daily and and making improvements like you know when you zoom out a little bit like it's so hard not to be content because like so many fun milestones like bucket list items like if you're working towards them always and it's all relative like you know to, to someone running a 5k is a milestone to someone running a triathlon is a milestone but it's like you know just keep kind of going on that yeah. path and yeah tr- trying to improve it better which which i, like feel I even like asked you remember we were talking was it two weeks ago yeah i'm like are you happy right now 
and like I was gonna answer that and more from like the professional side. I'm gonna Yeah, like on that front, um I am. Like I've I don't know, maybe I've said this, but we haven't recorded in a long time. Like twenty twenty one was the cash poorest I've been since I was a student, by far. And I'm not even embarrassed to admit that. Like we went we bootstrapped cast too. So like Dude, we went all yeah. in and every and put our money into our, our capital in. We raised outside some outside investment as well, but um like I have, ne- I have not had to, and I'm not saying I had a lot of money in my bank. I'm not trying to buy, boast by any means, but I've, I haven't had to look at my bank account and see it in like double digits for the decimal since I was in university. And even then, I was less like I would, I wasn't even worried because I was a student. Um, probably the most liberating year of my life because I would just, I woke up, I was working on something that I was passionate about with people that I that I love to be around. Um, and I got to do like something that I loved every day. So look, I literally one day looked at my bank account. And I think I had like twelve dollars in my checking account. I'm not even joking. Like I look, I was like, "This is what the hell? How am I gonna pay my mortgage next month?" Uh, and hey, crystals. I, no, like we, I, <laughs> I was easy. okay. We moved some stuff around, but um, you could have gone to Western. You would have gone far. Hey, what's, well, uh, you know what I mean. Like, no, what's but, that? What's that? Kevin Hart joke? He's like, oh, you gotta wait. Uh, I gotta move it from my checking to my savings. I don't know. Um, Bad joke. But uh, but the one thing too, the biggest thing that's that I've learned this year is well, I guess there's two things. Um, coming from a family business, I like when I was leaving Western, I knew that I wanted to like carry on the family legacy. Where I I always had ideas of things I wanted to do on my own, but I was just really proud of what my like father did, where he came from, whatever. And I was like, I can take this to the next level. And he always said to me, he goes, you know, I did the hard part. I went from like zero to like one, which is really hard, or zero to something. For you, George, the sky's the limit. But and I was always motivated by like you know be this big sh- grow this thing big. Um, and anyways, left to do cast because I was like, you know what? I need to do something I'm passionate about. And like, this is what I, fuck, hang on one second. Um, I wanted to do something that like, I was like deeply passionate about. So, um, we left, did cast because we had downtime in our business. So I was able to do it, but (laughs) did anybody swear? Um, Siri doesn't like you, but starting like. I always appreciated what my father built. Like I never knew, I knew I would never have to go. Well, hopefully touch wood, have to go from zero to one because he did the hard, the heavy lifting. Uh, I always appreciate it, but I didn't realize that I, like I in fact couldn't have appreciated until I actually had to go do it and realize how, how fucking hard it was. Like going to do something and get it built and then get it off the ground and make people believe in it and just like do all the leg, do everything. Like you don't have a secretary who can like, you know, file your administrative work and you don't have someone who can go just do the sales when you're sick. Like you have to do everything. And I think on, from a career level, really learning how, how much you have to work if you really want something and believe in it and like just really go out and chase it. Um, it taught me like the 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 value of really putting your time in and not like again resting on your laurels like you know even though we had a family like our family business has, has done well and, and built a good name in the, in the you know in Canada and the Toronto area specifically you know some days you coast because you're like oh we have a team here I can just you know they can do it I'll, I'll take the day off today whatever you can delegate if I worked as hard as I did on the last two years of cast back when I was working with my family holy you shit need that you need that mission that vision like you need a north star to guide you right for like, sure for sure and like that it it that's one of the biggest. It's also so- scrappiness. Like what you said about having no money in your bank account. Like what I didn't tell part of this story is like, you know, I when I started the crypto thing, like I also didn't have any like you know cash. Like I actually slept on my sister's couch to stay in Toronto for like six months to oh. like save money. Like literally, she yeah, hates yeah. me for it, and uh, her roommate hated me for it. But like, you can you can buy a couple do- nice things now. Eh? That's it. Of uh, trying to do my part, um, <laughs> but you know, it's I I think like. Also coming from starting from like a, a you know, a, a, I 
wouldn't say a low point, but like, you know, a point like that where like cash is, you know, just makes you have to do your best. Like you, yeah. you don't have that safety net and like it, you know, creates that kind of urgency and yeah. like hunger and everything. And, and it fueled me. And that's, that was one of the biggest you can't thing. can teach and, that. Like, no, you have to like, I, I didn't, I always thought like, you know, I, I always said to my dad, I was like, yeah, I really respect what you did for us and all this stuff. But like, until I did, I would call him like, what the hell? Like, and he did it. Like, I don't have kids. I'm not married. My dad did it with three kids. Like we, like he was doing that's, it. Yeah, that's always and, something I. Like, and I was like, I even so I can fathom now what it's like to go from zero to something. Not but even it what changes he did. the risk profile too. He couldn't start cast because he had kids. Like he right. had to take probably. Well, he did. Know. We have a commercial cleaning yeah. company, facility services. Um, but like even then, I was like, how did you do this? Like I'm, I'm thinking about myself. Like you had to feed us. Nice. And you have to yeah. go to work. So that, that was the one aspect that I'm super, super grateful for now. Like, I do feel content that I've been able to have this experience now because otherwise I don't think I would have. And uh, I forgot what the last one was. But anyways, it's not probably not super important. But I am super content. Oh, then, sorry, that's what I was saying. I'm the opposite. You said you like to, like, dive into the unknown and, like, mm-hmm. not, like, you know, kind of chase that moving object. I never liked that. I always hated it. I, you, Listen, everyone, it's, it's a little bit of like tricking your mind, like which I also believe in, where like yeah. I've told myself like I like it because. But everyone you know, naturally, like, yeah. everyone likes to know where they're going, where the next meal's coming from, where the next so, client so, is. Yeah, I, I, I kind of misspoke with that. Like there's been, there was a lot of times in the first year of starting, but it wasn't straight up. It, yeah. It never is. It's like, you know, you, you know, I'm, I'm coming from a George point where right trying now, to fall. like, my, yeah. I, I fortunately a lot of things have, have moved in the right direction over the last year where like things have you know cascaded into um you know uh, a, a, like a, like a lot of growth where a lot of the stepping stones but like insofar as like a, like a few months ago or a year ago like there's uncertainty where like is my business still gonna be here always and yeah. as an entrepreneur again like when because you're taking risks regularly am I gonna meet you know you want to scale the business am I gonna meet this payroll am I gonna meet this deadline this deal like there's so many make or break moments sure. oh, and, crypto um, went from 22 to 5 I, I was months oh I built my business for 3 years and like I didn't take a salary for my business for 3 years like yeah. don't get me wrong like I fucking you know the a lot of this was compounding returns where I was like I would rather have an employee that I could pay 4k that's a like, competent than like um, you know take a salary for my business for 3 years and I didn't have money again like, yeah. I had to uh, wasn't that my business wasn't making money but i like had to live on on yeah, low yeah. means um and during that time like there was a lot of, there was a lot of times where like i'm i'm a i don't get stressed easily like i have a very high stress and risk tolerance but you know like i'm i'm a human like i would like have a call with my mom like when i was like at like a Freaking tough point a and bit, i was yeah. like fuck i should just like serve i don't know if i no, swear but yeah good. i just like um i don't I, think everyone's yeah. ever asked can they swear at the hour mark <laughs> <laughs> well i've been good so far yeah yeah um I was like, you know, like, shit, I should just take a job. Uh, you freak what, out a little What am bit. I doing? Like, you know, just, and I come back down and I'm fine. Next I mean, morning you sleep, you're good. Maybe not, but I mean, like, there, there's oftentimes resounding, like, what am I subjecting myself to? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't easy. It's it's not easy today. Like, I put myself through, you know, 14-hour days consistently uh, where I'm, you know, up late, working late, you know, not getting the best sleep. Like, it's it's yeah, the yeah. only way to keep pace and, and survive sometimes. But, like... Um, yeah, so, so that's, it's like prevalent in the entire journey and story for sure. Yeah. But I think, and the other thing too is I guess, so that clarifies it, which helps. And I think that's the other thing that I've learned. So like, I, I still don't love it either. Like I'm in the same way. Like I kind of trick myself. Okay. Like you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And you know, no, you don't know anything with this business. And you know, I'm first time diving into tech, building this company, like a non-technical, we're both non-technical founders. Um, listen, so uh, like, 
no one knows what they're doing but ever and i knew that for a long i always knew no one knew what they're doing but like but the difference is like i didn't i know that i didn't know what i was doing before i did something that i didn't know what i was doing yeah. so that compounds it right That's so i'm diving I'm into doing. the unknown yeah. having the, the confidence from my previous four years of like you know being entrepreneurial that i'm like oh, okay figure this out then as you're figuring it out it's going well but then you start to like you know get in front of consumers they're like oh they didn't like this but they want this and like oh they're not using it today they might they make a mistake and you go through these like kind of daily or like weekly existential existential crisis where you're like did i make a big mistake and that unknown freaked me out because i never i've never had to do it being an entrepreneur like i always had the backing of like building little things on on within the family structure and the family business so this unknown Something that I learned and it was like terrifying. To your point of like tricking your mind, the thing that I've learned that's gotten me super content right now is that like I don't love it. I still hate it. But I like, okay, I have the confidence now that I can weather this and I can move this way. And, you know, it's a shit day. So I'll call Ricky. And I'll be like, hey, man. Entrepreneurship like, is I freak out. Yeah, ask him many times. And it's been a while since I did it. But to your point, the thing that the biggest thing that it's taught me and why I'm super content. This has been a long answer. But why I'm content is that. Now, no matter what, I, I don't know everything and everything I'm doing. And there's going to be those days where there's an unknown. But I have the confidence that, okay, we dove into tech and built a social media company, which we had no prior knowledge of, of never mind social media, of tech, period, and did it. So, you know what? Like, whatever happens in the future, I probably going to be a lot of unknowns, but I think I can weather the storm. To, to build on that, too. There's if that times makes sense. That's yeah, my no, answer. I, makes I got a ton of sense. There's times where people get so worried and so, like, I like kind of chasing that goal and that final dream and that end point where it's like you forget to enjoy the whole journey. And that's the thing. It's like, I know now. Well, you gotta have fun. I'm, yeah. I've, if, if you like, that's what, if, if you've known me long enough, like I have fun every step of the way. That's like, what I, I, and that's what it's all I about. Cause at the, the end of the stones, day, like, if you're chasing that goal line and that end line and that finish line, there's a, there's a good chance you might not make it there. So if you might not make that, you better enjoy the it's journey. Like what's what's the point to, if exactly. you don't like? Come what's on. the point? What is this? Is the this is the, this this is the funest part? Like yeah, yeah like you're you, chasing. You guys, you're like chasing sitting something, in a Walmart enjoy. parking lot, like sitting in an RV. Thirty something. That's Walmart, gonna be the memory Walmarts. you remember. That's gonna be the the times that are like gonna. You yeah. know, those are the most impactful. Where like that's gonna, that makes the business and, and the ethos ethos of core. But, but that's it. It's like whether you make it to where you want to end up, or whether you make it to that final goal, that final dream, that final destination. Whether it's financially, whether it's, it uh, doesn't matter. You need to enjoy the journey because yeah, that's irrelevant then. Yeah, it, it, it's exactly. The win loss is irrelevant. If you're it not enjoying matter. what you're doing, then you're not passionate. Yeah. Winning's not going to make you happy. And if you get there to the end, cool, great. You got what you wanted to get, great. But if you didn't enjoy the whole journey, what's the point of winning? What's the point you of, like, we're not winning. What's the point of doing it? Exactly. Well, what is winning, right? Yeah. yeah. And then it's subjective. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I think that the, like, so, so the journey of entrepreneurship is like, Again, like the the only way that I, I would choose to live my life, like coming, you know, from the other side of it. Um, but it is like, you know, it's it's not for the faint of heart. It's like challenging every day. You subject yourself to a lot of like outward stress and pressure. You you are doing that unknown. Like it, like it's it's not um, I, I think everyone should. Ex I'm a very big proponent for entrepreneurship. I think it teaches you a lot about yourself, helps you grow. Same way that like competing in a professional sport, going through the army, civil service, whatever it is, um, you know, really instills like strong, impactful like um, values into you, and and like helps kind of when you show you can, you know, be in a situation you don't think you're capable of completing it, coming out the other side, and you do so, you're successful. You look at back and in hindsight, it's like. You're like shit. I did that. I can do it again, you know. And and you build that confidence, and it spurs you on to like kind of ever increasing greatness. So, um, I'm, you know, back to the whole accelerator thing. Like 
you know, this is even my mindset back then in university when I started it was like, the company you're starting in university is not going to be Facebook, you know, mm. like, but start, just start, you know, figure it out. Um, I, I'm sure that if you guys, if, if cast, um, you know, trickles off or spins out or, or whatever happens, or it's not the goal you originally intended to, you guys would, you have so many learnings and, and experiences that like, and, and confidence in yourselves, like you probably wouldn't skip a beat. You'd be like, you know what? Like, let's go. I know yeah, how to do yeah. it better. I know how to do it smarter. Like, and, and I would hope that, you know, you, you would take that step and, and continue down the pathway because it's also the most rewarding. And, and, like, and it's a part of the journey. Yeah. Right. Stories not like you never know, right? Again, there's an example, and I'm, this is just vaguely I use it because I always remember it. And like Travis Kalanick, the founder of Uber, I think he had a couple of startups before that, probably somewhat successful and gave him the means to do it, but like not not Uber successful as as Uber was. So um, you know, a lot of people see the stories, and, and that's us too. Like natural entrepreneurs in the tech space, you see you know Facebook, and you see Jack Dorsey started Odeo that became Twitter, and you see you know every story. You see Airbnb started by two guys who went to art school at RISD. Like you see all these things, you're like, oh yeah, it's easy. Your first thing you do is gonna make it. Those are like the one in, in a billion. The, the no, not even unicorns. Those are like the the hundred. Like there's beyond decacorn. Unicorn is like a very broad term. There's so many unicorns. It's not even significant. They're literally saying. Like decacorn is now the term for like the big ones, but inflation though. <laughs> no, but still, there's. I think this year's a record year. There's the most decacorns on. There's unicorns. there's forty three. Um, I, I just saw a report decacorns? published forty three unicorns in crypto alone, which yeah. is pretty insane. There is something like nine hundred. Let's unicorns. not downplay that. There's not a lot. Like, listen, there's only like a couple thousand, you know, billionaires in the world. So it's still for sure, it's, for sure. But I'm saying like the valuations are jumping up fast. But anyways, yeah, that's yes, the point. The point yes, is like yes. you see those like to the what we were saying is like you're. Win, lose, fail, draw, whatever you decide, like you have to pursue what you're passionate about. You have to do it with conviction. You have to do it and enjoy the ride. Like it's gonna suck, a lot of shit. Like you, I mean, we could tell stories for days about what happened and through through the first year of Casper, the road trip alone the last month was a fucking. Actually, the September was worse than October was, but um, you have to enjoy all of it because if you don't enjoy the shit, you're not gonna enjoy the you know the the cream at the top if you will, or the icing on the cake. Like you have to enjoy the shit. And honestly, I you guys it have the stresses right you out, but I enjoyed the shit. Like we fuck, pardon my language. We like the man. We even broke that RV. We say that we talked about it, right? The RV. Not on this. Oh, but we will. We will talk about it. Let's save it on that. We we did so much that RV. We had to repair in the middle of storms and everything. Like it was a nightmare. But like looking back, I was like, wow. I wish I was doing. I wish I was doing it again. We were on top of the fuck. We were on top of the RV. You need to learn how to. Is it? How is it? Is it hard to drive an RV? No, it's, no that yeah. just gonna do a wider turn. Yeah, okay. that, that was the, that was the easiest part of the whole trip. I, I feel like whatever my next job is, I might go be a bus, start a bus like bus tech company, be a bus driver because I'd be a sick bus driver. During driving the, that thing is fucking during the middle of fun. Hurricane Ida, like when it's like at its peak, like cities are shutting down. Mm-hmm. We're outside trying to fix the You're like knocking on sorority girl doors, no, like no. hey, download cash. Oh, yeah, that was, that was like two days before. That was before that, that, was like that like a couple hours before. Then yeah. we broke the RV. Long story. Anyways, so we're outside home hardware because no mechanic shop would take our RV to fix it because it was too big. It was also like 5.45 p.m. Everyone closed at like, 6. And we're, at, and we're in, in like Boston. downtown Boston. Yeah. And he's like, oh, let's just go to home hardware. We can fix it. We're like, right, got well, like clamps it. and you know, I'm ties. I'm like kind of mechanically inclined. Like how hard can this be? <laughs> we go in there. We're like, let's buy some straps. Okay. We need the sockets. Like what else do we need? Let's buy a couple of wrenches, some hammers. We get on top of the RV and poor Danielle was with us too. Shout out to Danielle. And Becca. And Becca. Shout out Becca. And they were both outside in the rain 
while we were trying to figure this out. George is, I'm on top. George is handing like me the This is like a movie strap. segment. I wish this was filmed. Man, this is great. We have some yeah. pictures and stuff. That's and bad. Depending on how good Danielle is at editing, maybe we'll edit a picture right. We're not doing any superimposing ever again, so no. <laughs> Why you try to out, maybe? No, you're not, we're not doing it. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, You can yeah. go to our Instagram and see the picture. From now on, don't worry, superimposing. We'll see. It takes too much work. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, it's again, part of the journey. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have that moment, would it have made the next the next day where we had a record-breaking day like as amazing? Would it have, maybe. Maybe that day would have been great either way. But knowing that we just freaking yeah, got listen, poured the on The lows make you appreciate hours. the highs. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's part of the journey, right? The highs and the lows. If nobody in life has just highs every day. And the, well, I, I like to make this reference. What is um, a heart line when it's, uh, when it's flat? I mean, dead. Dead. What does it look like when you're alive? Up and down. There you go. If you're flat at the top or flat on the bottom, like that's dead. Like even you flat in to, the middle. Exactly. Yeah. You need to have the downs to appreciate the opposite appreciate the beauty of life. It's yeah, like 100%. the hundred percent. And on that, I think that's a good note. That's a good one. Yeah, I did have one more, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Mask it. Because we're ch- we're changing up season two. Um, <laughs> Zach, what's the future entail for you? Future entail. Um, great question. That is a great question. That's it. That's where you end it. Yeah, I think I, I touched on on some of the obvious ones with respect to business. And, um, you know, I'm I'm very, like, dead set today on, you know, creating this, like, like so my, my like, tagline in life is actually kind of simple. It's been my Instagram bio for, like, seven years well, this at this point. For sure. It's uh, work hard, have fun, make history. And, um, you know, I like to embody that in all aspects of my life. I think that's what the future continues to entail for me. Um, you know, what, what I mentioned, I think that time is my biggest, uh, resource right now. And I've, I've really built a really strong global network and, and skill set and confidence in myself. Um, so the future for me is, is like, uh, m- more of the same on my path. I think like, um, you know, challenging myself, um, taking what I've learned and, you know, building my business, um, using those resources that I've gained, you know, from, from monetary benefit to, to drive impact and change, um, help to, you know, do that outwardly to, you know, friends, peers, family, um, in, in all the ways I can. And, um, yeah, can continue to get better every day. Like I, uh, I think if I continue with that framework, then I'll just be in the right headset and, and mind space to like, you know, who knows, maybe it's write a book, maybe it's climb Mount Everest, uh, run an Ironman, like things that today I would not even consider myself remotely capable of, um, that like, you know, I, I welcome the challenge to, to pursue and yeah. If you ever check climb Everest, call me, I'll come with you. I, you know what? I was going to say the same for Iron not Man. only like no, no, it might be my Man. future. It's in my future. I'm going to do it. I want to be a famous DJ. I want to climb Mount Everest. I want to do all the above. DJ, I those are, those are, listen, they're all on the bucket list. They're all going to happen at some point. Actually, sad day. I sold my DJ equipment today. He sad secretly day. bought it off Kijiji. <laughs> I actually met the guy and gave it. I, uh, yeah, I used to, yeah. Anyways, I don't talk about that. Um, sad day. Zach, if people want to find out more about you, your business, what you're doing, where can they go? How can they find you? Um, best platform would uh, would probably be Instagram. Most active at Zach, Z-A-C-H, letter D, Friedman, um, or on Twitter at Z Crypto Kid. Uh, our businesses like are, are at GDA.Capital um, and SecureDigitalMarkets.com. And uh, yeah, please please check it out. Reach out if you uh, have any questions. Awesome. Love it. 
If you listen to the end, we appreciate you. It's been a while. Thank you. Follow Zach. Follow your pals. And that's it. Stay tuned for the next episode. Peace. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain. And I don't remember all of my mistakes and every high. I got alone with no one thing. And I.